5: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Eating While Broke. I'm your host, Colleen Witt, and today we have very special guest, Fizz in up, the building, recording artist, actor, most of us all know you from your multi-platinum selling group, B2K. Yes, ma'am. It is an honor to have you here today. Oh, thank
3: you, I appreciate you having me.
5: Tell me what you're gonna have me eating today.
3: All right, so today we're gonna take... um. The famous Frito-Lay bag, Fritos, mm-hmm. original corn chips.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: And we're going to pop in a, a pot some horned milk chili.
5: Okay. We're going to heat
3: that joint up, mm-hmm. and then we're going to melt some cheese in there, mm-hmm. and we're going to pour it in the, the, the Frito bag. Ah, and wh- we're going to mix it up, and we're going to have chili cheese Fritos.
5: This sounds really dope. I've never, ever had this. So I was, you You heard me. I was really excited. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, that's what we're going to go with. Um, This sounds like something you'd eat, like, after school.
3: Yo, so the way this came about was I used to, me and my friends after school, we would always go to Westchester Park mm-hmm. and just play ball. It was an open gym there. So... Of course, you know, we didn't have no money as kids. Mm-hmm. We have, like, some change in our pocket. And um, the ice cream chunk used to pull up, and he would have these small bags of Fritos mm-hmm. and chili and cheese that he made. And he would just dump a little bit in there and give us a plastic spoon, and we mix it up like nachos.
5: Oh, so that's how. Okay, okay. I didn't even know that. I wonder if all the ice cream truck solo. I feel like in L.A. that happens.
3: I don't know about New York. But but then, you know, it transferred over to us leaving middle school to high school Mm -hmm. and stopping at 7-Eleven, getting a bag of Fritos opening it in the store and then hitting it with the chili and cheese instead of doing nacho chips oh. cuz then you get more chips in the bag you yeah. know so and then I you could get these fancy they're
5: like kind of big too
3: you, yeah, you could get fancy at the 711 throw some jalapenos on there too you know what? what i'm saying and then they just charge you like a dollar for the chili and cheese
5: oh really yeah. okay i thought you guys were like Kind of sneaking it.
3: I mean, yeah, that was the initial thing, you know.
5: <laughs> then they were like, nah, kids, you're going to pay a dollar. <laughs> okay, well, go ahead and and whip up this chili, so Frito gonna start chili, What do you call this? Fritty, Frito I'm, chili My chips?
3: name is the Frito Bang.
5: The Frito Bang.
3: Yeah. Okay. Because you like whipping that. the Frito up with a little shebang, you know what okay. I'm saying? So it's the Frito Bang.
5: The Frito Bang.
3: Yeah, yeah. Teach so, us. Yeah. Teach us.
5: We gonna Take pop, us to school. We're going
3: to pop open this can okay. of chili, right?
5: Mm-hmm. And now you don't add any seasoning or anything.
3: I mean, if you really want to get fancy like that, but we talking about being broke. So when you yeah. broke, you ain't got no seasonings. Uh-uh. You know what I'm saying? You got to work with what you got.
5: How'd you find the can of chili? How'd you get onto that?
3: Well, it was down the street from my house. I stayed on mm-hmm. and, uh
5: Oh, you're going to turn that bad boy.
3: It was uh, a grocery store down the street called the Buddha Market. It's still there. Mm-hmm. In the Buddha market, this was the chili they gave us, you know what I'm saying? This is our option, the chili. <laughs> I'm gonna take a little bit of this water.
5: And you're from, you're an LA native, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was born in New Orleans. So I got that Creole in, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I, be, I could really throw down. We was really cooking, and we wasn't on no broke shit, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? I could make some real some real fire up in here. But um,
5: So if you didn't have to cook a broke dish, what dish could I expect from a good, like if you were trying to impress me, mm-hmm. like what would you do to, what meal would you cook for me?
3: Um, Well, first I would ask, do you, are you...
5: Allergic to anything? Yeah, allergic Nothing. to anything.
3: Okay. Do you like spicy food? Not really. Not really. Okay, so I would probably bless you with, like, some...
5: I love how you said bless you. Yeah, Oh, you in the kitchen. Okay.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I would bless you with some chicken and shrimp pasta jambalaya.
5: How long would that take you to cook?
3: Mm, I'm quick, so I'll probably fix that up in, like, an hour. No way. Yeah.
5: Damn, we should have had a special edition for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, take me back to what was going on during this era. Like, take me all the way there so I could be there with you during this broke era. Um, we in middle school, high school? What's yeah, going on? I would
3: say mostly middle school. Mm-hmm. High school is early B2K, you okay. know? So, I was on the road at that time. But high, uh, middle school, you know, I would catch the bus home.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, like I said, I stayed right there off Slawson and like over here. So right there, I mean, we used to have Yee's Cafe. I mean, Yee's Chinese restaurant. We had uh, Sachi's teriyaki, mm-hmm. teriyaki uh, chicken bowls. Um, we had another little Mexican restaurant right there. But, you know.
5: What was your home life looking was like? Was it like a single mom, two-parent yeah, household? single mom. Single mom. Yeah. And then what did your mom do?
3: She, like, as far as work. Mm-hmm. Um she, how
5: did she support y'all?
3: She canceled. counseled at a junior college. West Los Angeles Community College. Okay, She's a counselor up there. Well, she was, she retired. Uh, but um, man, I got so many kids that used to see me and would be like, yo, you little fizz? And I'm like, yeah. They will be like, man, I know your mom. Like, she helped me through school. Tell Miss Frederick I said, thank you, bro. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. So I used to be like, man, my mom's more famous in the hood than me. Wow.
6: Because
3: literally, like, everybody that knew me knew my mom. Because everybody was going to that school, see what was bubbling. Was Is that, getting, that's, getting that's supposed to be? warm. Okay, okay. That's how you know it's heating up. See that little smoke coming off of it.
5: So the kids in school, they would call you Lil' Fizz. So your name was Lil' Fizz before? Nah, nah. Um,
3: I got the name in the group. Um.
5: But you're saying after you was superstar B2K, they were still coming up to you about your mom? Yes. That's pretty awesome. Yes.
3: <laughs> still to this day. Wow. I'll see people like, man, your mom helped me through school, man. If it wasn't for her, I wouldn't have went to this school and started working here. Yeah, she put a lot of people on. like.
5: So she was like very inspiring.
3: Yeah, she was a counselor. Then she became head of the transfer center. So she started helping kids uh figure out, you know, all the credits and everything they needed to get to their desired university.
5: Wow. Mm-hmm. And then did you have siblings or was it was just you Me and her? And my older sister. Okay. So did you guys grow up with her? Busy, busy? Because a lot of single moms, I'm hearing that you yeah. like barely so, see.
3: my older sister, she's seven years older. So she played a big role in my life. Um, most of the time, um, I can remember in elementary school, my mom was working graveyard shift Okay. Um, for some... Computer, computer company. And uh it would be me and my sister. I would come home. Times have changed, man. I would come home from the bus in the second grade by myself. Wow. And do stuff like this. Really? <laughs> yeah. Like,
5: so you learn learn how to cook like simple meals early. Yeah,
3: super early. Second dude. grade is top, what, 10? Uh
5: how old is a second top grade? Top ramen,
3: all of that. I was making mm-hmm. all of that super early. But like I said, my family was from New Orleans, so I had an uncle who showed me how to chop up green onions, take some uh, some hot sausage, cut them up, put some a couple of onion powder, garlic powder, mm-hmm. some garlic cloves, cut those up, and put it in the um, in the noodles, and that'd be tasting like a whole different, it ain't regular top ramen, you know what That's I'm saying? That's how you
5: did your ramen?
3: What? Crack. What? Fire.
5: Damn, we should have had you a... Uh... Damn, you could do your own Eating While Broke
3: special. Um, <laughs>
5: So you started with B2K kind of early. So take me through, like, I guess how that transition happened from being raised in a single mom, you know, household with an older sibling that's seven years older to you kind of getting signed right out of high school or I'm guessing during high
3: school, During right? high school, um, during our ninth grade year, actually. Um, ninth grade? Yeah. I what finish, were you doing finish, as a kid? <laughs> I didn't finish uh, the full ninth grade year. I checked out and started doing independent studies. So
5: what were you doing that led to a record deal in the ninth grade? I have to know what you were doing when your mama wasn't watching you.
3: Um, well, we were we'd be in rehearsal a lot, you know, as okay. a group. We were together in studio sessions, um, rehearsals, mostly mostly rehearsal and um performing for different labels. So
5: while well, you were a little kid, though. Yeah. But who was helping you guide you when you're a little kid? Like, obviously, you didn't just like how were, <laughs> I, I need to know how this group came together because I'm I'm so lost. So you were I so was, young. Yeah,
3: I was young. I was eight years old when I joined the group. Um,
5: was it like you and your friends? It
3: was me actually uh friend of mine still to this day. Janae Aiko's older brother okay his name uh jahi he was in the group it was me and him were more the original like first two we went through a lot of different members Mm -hmm. until it got to me jahi um this other guy uh trey and boog and Raz. okay and that group got split up because sony wanted to sign us but they wanted to sign just us three with another member and take the other two jahi and trey and put them in another group which became final four okay um but how did you guys even get in front of the labels at that age we had management that was that originally put the group together you know was finding all the members um a lady by the name of keisha gamble Mm -hmm. and choreographer dave scott okay they um found us in all different places i was at a uh, Black Hicks uh, Black Expo downtown L.A. Okay, and um, my mom took me down there as a kid, and there was this group on stage, and I was looking at them. I was really into ABC Crisscross mm-hmm. at that oh, time. Oh, I remember
5: Cross. and Chris. they had
3: on like the big jerseys and the baggy mm-hmm. jeans, and I was like, Oh, they look tight. Mm-hmm. And then we walked off, and this lady came chasing behind my mom. She's like, "Excuse me, your son is so adorable. What's his name?" She started talking to me, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm Drew." And um, she was like, do you sing or rap? And I'm like, yeah, I rap. And she's like, oh, okay. And my mom's looking like, you rap. Right? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> so um, she called my mom uh, later on that week and invited me over to one of the group members' houses, which mm-hmm. happened to be Jahi, Janae Aiko's older brother. Mm-hmm. And I auditioned, I rapped, and they liked it. They mm-hmm. put me in a group. I was eight. Wow, and, um, yeah, we just from that point we got a lot of working, you know learning how to be an artist, rehearsals, um media training, and from there, the group just kept developing different members um would come in and out, you know things weren't happening in a time span that certain parents were looking forward to happen for their kids, so they would take them out the group, we'd find a replacement, and that's how it all like formed to the five members and then split into b two k and final four.
5: Okay, and then what was your mom's thoughts during this whole process?
3: Oh, uh, my mom was like, yo, like, don't have your heart set on this. You know, she wanted me to finish school um, and live a normal life, you know, live a normal, grow up in the normal, what, mm-hmm. how normal kids do. Um, she didn't really see it. Between the four of us, we had an idea on what this was really going to be.
5: Like, you were, you personally were really invested.
3: Yeah, off. All four of us. As All four. A group. You know, okay. we were destined on getting to where we saw ourselves. Wow. And I was being the biggest group in America. So.
5: And you saw that from a young age. Yeah. And did you tell your mom that?
3: Yep. And she wanted to take me out the group at a time. And I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not, not, nope. This is happening. And she was like, but you don't want to give up on your, you know, I wanted to play basketball. I mm-hmm. wanted to do the, you know, sports thing. She just felt bad. She was like, I, I don't want to, you you know, discourage you or anything, but I still want you to have your, you know, your childhood, like prom, prom homecoming, graduating from high school. So when it happened, I just promised her that I would finish school. So I finished high school. I graduated um, from independent studies, but I graduated, got my degree, and it just worked. It worked how I seen it.
5: But did you ever end up going to like prom and all the high school so stuff? So we
3: did a MTV prom or something, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like a real prom, no. Nah. Okay.
5: Do you feel like looking back that you missed out or
3: not that I missed out because I got to experience what Oh, watch lot, out,
5: that uh, bad boy is hot.
3: Okay. I got <laughs> to experience what, you know, ninety-five mm-hmm. percent of the world of yeah. kids don't. So um
5: I'm sure you were touring at a very baby age, right? Yeah.
3: So no, I don't regret it. Mm-hmm. but you know now that i'm like my son is here i'm like nah i wouldn't let him do this you know i wouldn't oh, let really? him do entertainment unless it just was god sent for him to do it mm-hmm. but i want him to have that normal child life you know okay and
5: so you kind of see now that you're a parent like what your mom's perspective for was sure.
3: for sure wow you don't ever see it as a kid you know yeah so so this 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 chili cheese ready we're gonna crack open this bag
5: so i open the bag
3: yeah
5: yeah so guys just so you listeners are listening he heated up the chili in the pot threw some shredded cheese on top we're opening the bag of fritos i've never had this so this is going It's very hot and he's pouring it directly from the pot into the bag Ooh, he that's he that's looks five. like a professional, like he's been doing this his whole life. That's
3: that fire, you know what I'm saying? Let's take that blicky right there. <laughs> take them on up. Got your fork right there already. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, when you fill it in the bag right there. You know it's, oh, Oh, yeah. it's warm. Oh, oh yeah. It's, it's hot. That, that's that, that's that blicky right there. So when you get about here, you're going to like, Start like, all right, I need some more. And then you can put more if oh. you're not. If not, if you, then you're done, you know, and you can go back to it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let me oh, let y'all looks, see that. That
5: looks really uh, gooey and messy
3: that. and
5: hot. Yeah. All right, here we go. I got my first. I mean, this This looks crazy.
3: Yeah, get ready, because, you know, I don't know what this is doing to the stomach these days. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? As an adult, this might not agree with me. Yeah. <laughs> This is eating while broke. We
5: got the bags rolled back, just the yeah, way yeah. business is teaching me how to do this. So I got it on my fork right here, steaming hot.
3: Yeah, yeah, let me get a little bit with All you, right. you know what I'm saying?
5: Here we go for the taste test. Come on. There I got, go. Oh, there we go. There we Ready? Go. One, two, three, let's
3: go. Eating my bro.
7: One offer per new customer. Minimum $5 deposit to receive a match of up to $100 in PIC6 credits. Non-withdrawable and valid for PIC6 use only. Expire after 180 days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash PIC6 states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick 6draftkingscom slash promos.
6: AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry That's oracle.com slash strategic, oracle.com slash strategic.
1: Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. Happy International Women's Day.
2: Got my PrevNAR 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk
4: may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com.
2: Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20 even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. (sighs)
8: Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com.
5: How you still don't do this?
3: How I still don't? You can't do this every day now. You know, I'm not in my age.
5: No, no, but you know what? The texture on this this is this is Fire. awesome. The texture from the uh crunch and then the melty gooey and the hotness. This is phenomenal. I don't know why I didn't know about this.
3: <laughs> yeah, I had to put y'all on man. this is that, that real um LA.
5: I would be eating this every day Even if I was a around. kid. You
3: feel me? hmm
5: Alright guys, I'm gonna stop eating in your ears, but this is
3: <laughs>
5: I would kill this. This would be my everyday snack as a kid. That's highly addictive. Really good. And by the way, this meal was like three dollars, I think. Like seriously, Man, yeah, like that three that or that four dollars. Super cheap. Like for cheap, multiple but... servings, like it's like maybe five, but this is an amazing yeah, after I, like, snack.
3: This is what, like, you know, if my son is having a sleepover and his boys is over and they want a snack, I can get the little bags of the Fritos, mm-hmm. make this, dump it a little have bit. Yep. And they're like, this is
5: fire. <laughs> <laughs> you like daddy of the year off this. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. You know, I got a lot of snacks.
5: Let me tell you, this is a great snack. This is a great I don't even know appetizers like meal. <laughs> this is amazing. So now your your story is so unique because you're young, um, and you literally went to the promised land, mm. which was pretty impressive. So you're eight years old. You're you know you end up signing, uh, in the ninth grade. So like let's t- talk about the signing day. Mm. And what was going on in your life, like what your schedule was looking like, what your home life was looking like, what your pockets were looking like before the deal?
3: So um, in high school, ninth grade at the time, I started school kindergarten at four years old. So in ninth grade, I was 13. I okay. was super young. My schedule was a normal kid's school schedule. I played for the football team at the time. Um, was trying out for the basketball team. I made the team, but didn't ever get to go to the first practice because I had to check out before then. Okay, but when your we, but
5: your schedule also included like rehearsals and trainings, right?
3: Not as much okay. while school was going on. Okay, um, more so on the weekends. Okay. Um, because yeah, we were in school. We hadn't checked out just yet. Um, but prior to ninth grade starting, in uh that summer, uh. Prior to ninth grade, we we were together all the time. Okay. So, did you guys
5: go to the same high school?
3: Mm-mm. Oh. None of us.
5: Now, did you tell your friends at school or your peers at school that you were doing this band thing, yeah. and did I, they support it? When
3: I came, I because I went to Bishop Montgomery, so it was a Catholic school. We had uniforms. So I came to school one day. In regular clothes, I was checking out, and everybody was like, "Where you going? Where you going?" I was like, "Yeah, I'm leaving. I'm about to be famous." They like, <laughs> "Yeah, right. What are you talking about?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm checking out. I'm about to be famous. I just got a deal, you know." <laughs> I think I'm trying to be real cool. Mm-hmm. I used to wear a uh, fake Rolex with a tape on it, <laughs> holding it together and stuff. So um, it was fun, you know. I just I remember that though, going there, and then. We started to do like magazine covers and stuff like when Word Up was out. Mm -hmm. So then all of my peers and everybody at school was like, yo, you really are famous. Like you (laughs) in this group. So they had a homecoming that year, a homecoming dance. And my boy that went to school with me, he made me a a fake ID for Bishop.
6: Mm -hmm.
3: And I went to the homecoming dance. And when I went there, it was like everybody was like, yo, oh my God, he's here. Like I was like... (laughs) I remember that that was my highlight high school moment, like yeah, it felt like I had was like prom King or something, uh-huh. like you know, everybody was just all eyes on me at the school dance.
5: that has have been a pretty incredible feeling now, as because that was the first time, and the only reason why I'm trying to find this out was that the first time, but this is before you're really really b two k right so this is like a this snippet is, of what your yeah. life is about to be coming yeah. and you liked it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then what's the next milestone like between you being signed now, you know, you're getting these interviews, your people are start. you're starting to get all this PR behind you. Like what's the next milestone before, before money, like more of the fame, like what was that next transition? Like, when did you realize like, Oh shit. Um,
3: uh, I would think it was, when we first heard our song on the radio, we were in New York in like Times Square, and we were about to do 106 in Park for the first time.
5: That's a big show at the time. I would have been, and that's it was the the car the song playing in the
3: radio and on the radio in the car. It
5: wasn't the 106 in Park. Mm-mm. What?
3: And because it, it was like, yo, we're actually on the radio.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, that's like now it's like we got streaming apps and stuff, mm-hmm. so it's not like. Anybody can go put their song on the app and you mm. can hear it. Back then to have your song on the radio it was like you made it. It was like, "Oh my god, yeah. they list the world is listening to us right now yeah. on the radio, you know." So that was just a big a big accomplishment and a milestone for us for sure.
5: Okay. And then this the song, what was the song at the time? Cuz I know uh-huh. all your songs pretty much just blew up. <laughs> no. I just remember "Be to Gay everywhere.
3: It was uh-huh. Oh, okay. Yeah tricky stewart
5: so your song's playing on the radio you're doing these interviews you're no longer in school you're still in high school and your mom is she on the road with you or is she letting you
3: no we on the road with road management but she's calling you know i'm making sure i do my parts my mom was before she got the counseling job she was a substitute teacher she would sub in at different schools so i never got a break like to just say, hey, fuck it, I ain't doing homework today. Or, you know what <laughs> I'm saying? It was like, did you do your work? What is it? Let me see it. So it was like, I, you know, school had to be done. Okay. Yeah.
5: And then what are your pockets looking like during this rise to success?
3: Well, we got our little advancement, which wasn't crazy. You know, most of it had to go into a trust account because we weren't 18. So mm-hmm. I couldn't spend it like that. And I think the first little money I had, I might have had like five grand to really touch. Mm-hmm. And I think I spent it all in the mall in like two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> it was gone. So you just
5: buy clothes and sneakers. Clothes,
3: shoes, just everything you wanted, you know. Wow. It was like, I got money now. <laughs> two
5: weeks it was gone. Did your mom know you blew it in two
3: weeks? Um, nah. Nah. See, my mom gave me access to really control my own money. Mm-hmm. Um, the money I could touch, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, so, so she didn't
5: touch it at all. She let it be yeah. yours. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, A lot of parents don't do that.
3: Nah, nah. And sometimes i would be like, I wish she would have took all my fucking money. <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, you know what? Now when you handle your money, do you handle it different?
3: Cause- 100% especially because I have a kid, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I always have to put something to the side for him. So when, you know, whenever he's 18 or something happened, you know, he's he's good. He's taken care of. Yeah.
5: Yeah, I know that, like, now I feel way more parental responsibility after having a kid. I'm like, first of all, school tuition, priority over everything, (laughs) okay? (laughs) Number one thing, you know? And now I'm like, okay, for future, you know, generational wealth, house, whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. trust. But luckily with social media now, I feel like even if you're not really the genius at parenting like social media will have like a 30 second snippet on how you should be operating <laughs> you know right how yeah. you should be handling your house and your real estate and your bank accounts for your kids and if you say for this sure. and you see those snippets online yeah
3: well all the time all the time
5: all right so back to your story so you're you get your five thousand. that's your first taste of money while being popular right mm-hmm. then what's the next milestone like when do you you blow up and actually have money a lot of money at the same time
3: no because like we were still under 18 okay so like i said majority i know my money was going into uh, a trust account okay you know where i couldn't touch it till i was 18. however really your parent worked it was how you was (laughs) you know see your money so i was maybe seeing only 10 percent of my money that i was getting
5: Good job, mom.
3: Hey, I she did good. I wasn't seeing a lot, so. Okay. But um, then, what
5: happened when you turned eighteen?
3: I went and got my crib. <laughs> I went and paid my car off. Okay. The responsible stuff you sh- I should do at eighteen, you know, okay. but then from there it was like figuring it all out again okay. because I wasn't doing a nine to five. Mm-hmm. Um, I did check back into school because mom she was still at the junior college, so I was like. I think I was maybe like twenty-four and I checked back into school for like but, a year.
5: But where was B2K when you were twenty four? Like I happened? was
3: we were broken up. Before oh, we turned eighteen, we broke up.
5: Oh before you turned Before
3: 18? I turned eighteen, yeah. We broke up when I was seventeen.
5: Really? But so when we was watching you on TV and all that, you was a little kid?
3: Yeah, I was from thirteen to seventeen.
5: What? It's so weird because I think maybe because I was younger, I felt like maybe you were older or something.
3: No, thirteen to seventeen, and then love and hip hop came about mm-hmm. twenty fourteen. By that time, I was going on thirty.
5: Okay, okay. So you're in the so the band gets dismembered. You go back to regular life, but is regular life normal for someone that is a superstar? Hell nah. So <laughs> yeah, so tell me how that tra- was that transition um, tough.
3: Mm. I would say not, I didn't, it wasn't tough for me because I'm an introvert. Mm -hmm. I already don't like to be out. Mm -hmm. So I'd rather stay in the house. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was just very secluded most of the time. Um, It wasn't until I had my son when I was 24 Mm -hmm. that I like started to step out again and, you know, have to play the parent role so now I'm meeting other kids parents and, mm-hmm. and talking and being more social and out um so that's what got me out of like my shell was having my son
5: but when the but, band dismembered did you say you're gonna stay in music or did you say well we
3: tried I tried but it was just so much politics and mm-hmm. people that we were dealing with that were keeping certain things in place to where we couldn't really do much so um I tried to do what I could, but yeah, it wasn't much.
5: Did you end up trying to get a job or open no, a business? No, I
3: was never going to get a job. That oh, wasn't That was
5: never going to happen.
3: That was not a, nope. I'm like, no, I'm Fizz. I'm not getting no job. I'm I'm gonna figure it out.
5: What did your mom say when you were saying that?
3: She just told me keep going. Yeah. yeah. She pushed the dream, you so know. So
5: how did you survive I guess from now from that point I mean before loving hip hop I'm
9: going to say before Okay so before loving hip hop
3: So 18 to 24 mm-hmm. um when I was 18 <laughs> now you about to get a breakthrough story nobody ever really got That's what I want
5: <laughs> Help me yeah. help me help you help me but um, help me yes Tell me
3: I did some I did some smart things you know um with my money but <clears throat> prior in those years um I started a business. I had a a cannabis dispensary. Um mm-hmm. I had dispensaries uh that whole time and even past that time. Uh but yeah, that was my main like source of income. I had met a guy um who really knew the business inside and out and we were neighbors and I had a little bit of money and um I was like, "Yo, I smoked at the time. Mm-hmm. Still do. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yo, I wanna start one of these. Like, mm-hmm. what? Like, what is this? Yeah. And he started showing me the ropes and everything. So we opened one together. And this downtown was when LA. was just Yeah, this was two thousand and six. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. I had um uh, I opened my first shop. It was downtown LA, me and him. Um mm-hmm. we had that one for about a year and some maybe two years okay. and then opened another. And another, and another, and you guys,
5: were you guys, was he part black too? Or was he no, white? No, it was
3: a Jewish guy.
5: Oh, a Jewish guy. I mm-hmm. was going to say, because the, the cannabis industry, there's rumors on the street that it's notorious a little bit slanted away from the blacks, like to get their licensing and being able well, to... Well, no, there's it. things that art. came in
3: place. Like you have the, um, it's a license that's available for um, people who have been to jail for Selling marijuana or oh, trafficking marijuana, um, yeah. The, I forget what it's called, man. It's been so long.
5: But there is a there is a system that helps to get them 100%. into it. Yeah. Okay, yeah, because I remember thinking at some point, like, man, you got to think of how many people are doing this before it became legal. Oh like, yeah, all I, their experience went
3: into my to my situations for <laughs> sure because you know, I mean, it came out in what 2012. The <laughs> one shop I had for like. I had it for like three, four years. Mm-hmm. It was on Robertson. It was called Little Amsterdam. I had sold it to these other guys, and they never took. It was part of my fault. I never got the lease out of my name. Mm-hmm. So when the city came down on them and raided them and everything, mm-hmm. it came back on me because the building was in my name. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it was all on TMZ and everything. Little Fizz caught selling marijuana. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. Um, that was that was mainly what I was doing for. Like, so you were a entrepreneur, and
5: you were you weren't just an investor like you were hands on. Yeah, awesome.
3: Yeah, people would see me in the shops like, "Bro, what you doing in here? Yo, you the plug?" <laughs> I'm like, "Nah, man, this is business." they try to but get? They didn't see it, it like that back then. Like now, you see it, and you see it, and you respect it as a real yeah. business. You yeah. know, back then it was like everybody felt like I was just trapping, but I'm like, <laughs> man, I'm putting money into Legit, this. You yeah. know what I mean? Like. I went and got seller's permits, th- mm-hmm. things with my net that let you know I was really doing it. Yeah. You know, aside from not being able to have a business license, per se. Yeah. But I was still trying to do it as legal as I could. You yeah. know?
5: And the, is there a reason why the life expectancy on those businesses was, to me, they sound a little short because it's like you said, one year or four years or five because years? Because
3: at that time, it had no federal guidelines. It mm-hmm. was legal with state, but mm-hmm. not federally. Mm -hmm. So once you got too big, like I remember a shop I had downtown got so big, I got a letter from the U.S. attorney telling me to close or they were going to send the DEA in in two weeks to raid me.
5: What? So I thought, but I thought it's still not legal on a federal level because I heard that that's why those shops can't have bank accounts, right?
3: Yeah, so many loopholes in it now. Uh, I'm out of it now.
5: Okay. What made you end up closing up shop in the end? <laughs> <laughs> she sounds- said give me that <laughs> i have to know when any, um, anytime an entrepreneur walks away from a business or an industry you have to wonder
3: like what it, happened it was time and i think you know god put certain things in place for me to see and say you know it's time to move on um yeah, not the answer you're looking for, well, no. No, I know. I will say
5: this, okay? <laughs> a lot of people don't know this. I may have said it on the show a couple times with other guests that have participated in this activity. But during the pandemic, I was, like, freaking out. And uh, my business, my I have a corporate events company. And my business, uh, it was a pandemic. It, it got annihilated in minutes. Like, it was, like, end of my business instantly and so I saw a lot of the people weed was like selling like crazy so I invested in weed and then it was like going good and then we took a little bit of a legal turn and then I was like "Ooh, that illegal turn may not end well so I tried to pull out and I still ended up losing a lot of money I lost a crazy amount of money um but most of it was the profit that I was profit I was just like kind of letting it sit so I didn't personally lose as much as I lost my gains but um but it was going good and then it took like I said it took a little legal illegal turn and then I was like uh I don't know I don't think and it ended up not ending well I ended up losing all my money so just so you know I played and I got out (laughs) and that was my lesson and let me tell you something the other people didn't get out as soon as me and uh, I promise you, they was done for good after that. Huh. They was like, I'm never touching that industry. Because it's very, there's rules. And then it's so easy to, like, fracture it or whatever. It just gets a little, yeah. So that's why I am I was out. But I was only in for, like, probably, like, a year.
3: Oh, uh, I mean, yeah. I that was quick.
5: Oh, man, I was nervous the whole time. I And I was, like, invested way back here. Way back here. Yeah, but, imagine, I mean, So yeah.
3: imagine being hands-on <laughs> over 10 years.
5: Well, I will tell you this. Some of the stuff I was doing I can say this because nobody's ever gonna but some of the stuff I was doing was a little illegal, but during the pandemic, I would fly I <laughs> look over at the cameras like do you want to say this? I would fly money, not over over on the airplanes or whatever, but now i i you know travel, I travel when I had a baby, I realized when you travel with breast milk they test everything and I realized later like that was very dangerous to fly with money because you know weed money has like weed <laughs>
3: smell. <laughs> right? You like, out like, here like, trying to be Griselle de Blanca.
1: Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? m and has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic
4: May have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1 855 213 2138 or visit Prevnar20.com.
2: Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine.
4: You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect it's time your time not just to go back to school but to come back and move forward with purdue global purdue's online university for working adults start your comeback at PurdueGlobal.edu.
9: are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains have you ever wished that you had a whiter and brighter smile
3: Well, no, no. I was,
5: was during. I promise you, <laughs> people who know me know that I was like, yo, I'm getting on this plane. And I would, you know, I would be nervous as hell. But I never flew with like nothing crazy like 100K. But it was, it was still enough to be like, you know. But then I had a baby and I realized that I was an idiot because with a baby, they like test your breast milk. They're like all like swabbing everything, swabbing the child. I'm like, yo, if only they knew like before the breast milk, yeah. You know, and they if they would have done that, I would have uh, we would not be sitting here right now. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's why I got out. Just so you know. Side story. All right. All right. So, anyways, you do this business. Um, you exit the that Oh,
3: for the minorities and the people that do wanna try to get in. It's called social equity license.
5: Oh, really? Yeah,
3: social equity license. So if you look into it, you can, you know, I don't know if they're still doing them or if they're still available to apply for but that's what it was so if
5: you have like a beer to entry you can go there and they'll help you get the license yeah you gotta go down to the
3: city okay. city hall
5: social equity license thanks for remembering that
3: mm-hmm.
5: so after your entrepreneurial thing is that when hip-hop love and hip-hop enters the scene when what love and hip-hop enters is when what you said when you're exiting because you said there was no a space where no, you were it's doing-
3: still still there. Oh, you were still there. I didn't. I didn't fully get out till twenty eighteen, and I, okay. I had a whole case. Well, that was
5: right before the pandemic. Yeah. You said you had a whole
3: what case? Case. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, my lawyers and everybody did a great job at keeping that. You know. Okay. Keeping that off, off the the news and blogs they cause did that, really was, good. that was that uh, was a I was I was in court the whole time I was on tour, the reunion tour. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I was.
5: Oh, wait, so B2K was was back. So you were investing in these business, You were doing this business, but you ended up going back to be, you guys reunited for the- We reunion. reunited in 2019.
3: Oh, okay. <clears throat> so summer 2018 is when I had my whole situation happen. Mm-hmm. And 2019 is when I started going to court for it. And I was in court for like a year
6: yeah, and so every time like, I'm, I'm on
3: stage, I'm like, Am I going to jail tomorrow? oh <laughs> man, so my dad's moves is like faint, like <laughs> this might be my last show, <laughs> and,
5: but and you weren't a dad at the time yet, right? yes, you were, yes, so my son was really, nine years old. you were really like stressed, yeah 100%. during the reunion tour, mm-hmm. but you' now, at this point, you're also generating money from the tour. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that's going to courts. Court. Yep.
3: Yep. Lawyer Dang. fees, all that.
5: Dang. So what are your pockets looking like during that era?
3: Still good. Still, oh, they were good. still good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I had a lot going on from T V, the shops. It sounds like tour. too you're
5: also good at managing money at this point.
3: Yeah. Um Yeah, so I wouldn't say I would like I have never really went broke. <laughs> no,
5: after after that age. You never went
3: broke again. After Shit. I never really went broke. Thank you God. I'm not going <laughs> to. You're like, not not not. Um, but no, I mean there's there's the still pandemic, struggles, there you know what I mean? Like there's still a, struggles okay. and there's there's just like you said it's being smart. It's knowing when to to start trimming down, you know? Mm-hmm. Trimming the fat, you know, if there's bills yeah. that are over here that are unnecessary, you got to cut them off, you know? Yeah. Can't go out to go eat at Mastros every weekend, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? You got to scale back cook at home you know what I mean so it's just all about being um
5: like conscious of where you are you
3: know and where where you can go you know not living beyond your means so I would say in the group you know we did a lot of that to where if it wasn't for me having money put up like I did in my trust you know I could have been back out here broke like Mm -hmm. that not knowing where to go Mm -hmm. um or being able to take the risk that I've taken um so were
5: you the youngest member in the group
3: Mm -hmm. okay
5: yeah I feel like uh it's hard sometimes when you're that young and you get exposed to money I feel like they could be a double-edged sword where you end up never really understanding how money works Mm -hmm. because you're used to it coming and then maybe disappearing and coming and it's in lump sums versus like little
3: well see my mindset was I was getting the little increments, and all the money was going in the trust. Mm -hmm. Then the group broke up, and it was broken up for a few months, and my trust opened. Mm -hmm. Now it was, okay, I have money, but I don't have this group. Mm -hmm. So what am I going to do? I have to invest. I have to make my money work for me. So Mm -hmm. then that's when the conversation came with my neighbor, and what we're doing with the shop and, uh, can we open it? Can I get in? Can I be an investor? How does that look? What Mm -hmm. do I need to do? So it worked out for me.
5: You're very smart. Very intuitive, natural entrepreneur, I would say. Thank you. So during, so the 2018, 2019, you have the reunion. Take me to the next milestone in your life.
3: Um, the next milestone would be, uh, coming off tour it was funny because it's like now i'm done with the whole um cannabis business Mm -hmm. right and i'm coming off tour and i'm still in court and after i would say maybe six months of being off the road um i had my sentencing and i got off with no jail time gratefully Mm -hmm. um but I had probation and some work release, which is like community service, but like, you know, working on the sides of the freeway, chopping oh, trees, you had to cutting islands, sweeping sand. Yeah, I had a nice time doing that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so after that, um, once I was free of that and um, just had to deal with probation, I was figuring out you know what's next um obviously love and hip-hop wasn't going on anymore
5: Mm -hmm. um because of the pandemic okay but you were at that point you had already taped it you had taped at least one season of it
3: of love and hip-hop love and hip-hop started 2014.
5: oh so you were okay
3: okay okay, i had done seven seasons of love and hip-hop oh wow okay um so in 2020 when the pandemic was going on um 20 yeah 2020 the pandemic was happening I was trying to figure it out, but, you know, everybody was in the house. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just started kind of diving into everything um, from trying to figure out how to produce shows, um, acting more. I ended up filming a movie, which is actually coming out next month, uh, November 22nd. It's called Run Nixon. It'll be in AMC Theaters.
5: Oh yeah, I've seen it on your social medias too. <laughs>
3: yeah. So um Run Nixon. I did the movie, started acting more, um, learning how to produce. I actually produced on the movie as well.
8: Okay.
3: Um, and I was still doing music here and there, filling it out more of like a hobby. And then I opened a restaurant. I had the opportunity to get to open a restaurant. This is before the pandemic? This is during the pandemic.
5: During the pandemic? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Take me to that.
3: So a friend of mine, my lawyer, a friend of my lawyers had a a restaurant. He had multiple restaurants. And being that the pandemic had happened, he didn't want to close them all, but he had to trim down. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was an opportunity for me to take over one of the restaurants, which I did. I rebranded it, called it Drew's Louisiana French Quarters. Mm-hmm. Um, it was in Westwood, beautiful location right by UCLA.
6: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and I just kind of jumped in it. You know, like I said, it was during the pandemic. So I jumped in it like, let's just see what it does.
5: Yeah.
3: And early, I had a lot of people coming in. But of course, it slows down. It's a restaurant. You got to like. It's so many different things that go into a restaurant with marketing and getting people to come in from Yelp reviews and it's just a whole lot, mm-hmm. so I'm going through it and trying to figure out how to make turnover a profit mm-hmm. of course, in restaurant businesses, it doesn't happen like that. it takes at least a year or two to break even
5: wow, or so, to even create that stability of understanding that flow right right
3: oh, and gosh. um so my brain and working how it works, <laughs> like mm-hmm. very fast and always trying to figure out the next idea or the next move to keep it going. Um, when I opened a restaurant and I put the restaurant on Grubhub, Uber Eats, DoorDash, I started seeing it like one of my dispensaries. Mm-hmm. So with the dispensaries, I would always... Promote and put my shops on Weed Maps. Weed Maps is a website or an app that gives all the patients and um, customers access to where each of the shops are. And so, how it works is you'll go to a a certain region Mm -hmm. in your state and it'll show you all the shops in that region. Mm -hmm. And it's like a list, it looks like Grubhub Mm -hmm. or Uber Eats or DoorDash. So when I'm on this and I got my restaurant on there, I said, I wonder if I could do something different with this. And at the time, I had seen something called Ghost Kitchens, where people would create these virtual restaurants Mm -hmm. and only post it on Grubhub or Uber Eats. And you would be able to order it through that. But you couldn't go to a physical location.
5: Oh, I didn't even know that existed. So
3: when I seen that, I said. That's how I do it. So I basically created five virtual restaurants. Mm -hmm. Um, One was called LA Soul Tacos. Mm -hmm. I had Trues, Louisiana, of course, which was the actual standing restaurant. Um, I had Maxwell's Polish Dogs. Mm
6: -hmm.
3: I had Veggie Buns, which was all vegetarian food. Mm -hmm. And then I had, uh, what was the last one?
5: Yeah, you came up with all this on your own.
3: Yeah. and um damn what was the other restaurant it was one more restaurant i had oh uh go wings not wing stop go wings (laughs) (laughs) so i had those five restaurants and i had them all on grubhub doordash uber eats uh what's the other one grubhub doordash uber eats and um
5: doordash
3: no i said doordash DoorDash, grubhub Grubhub, Uber uber eats and it's one more
5: uh basically all the food apps. So uh-huh.
3: I took all the food apps, I put all my restaurants in. And the these food are all apps. ghost most of them all four, four of, them of them are, are ghost, ghost kitchens. Okay. Except one. Okay. So now not only are you going to these apps to order food, you're ordering from five of my restaurants. Mm-hmm. So now I'm not banking on one restaurant, mm-hmm. I'm banking on five different ones with mm-hmm. five different foods.
5: And in five different Ghost location.
3: One like. location. But
5: one location, but the ghost location could be anywhere, right? I mean, like no. when they pull it up on the map, or they is it close to their house?
3: The ghost location gives you an address to pick for the, the oh, delivery okay. drivers to pick the food up. Oh, okay. They would come to Drews, Louisiana. Wow. So instead of banking on Drews, Louisiana to do what I needed to do, now I'm getting five calls for this restaurant, 20 for this one, 15 Smart. for this one. And it got to be so much mm-hmm. that I overwhelmed myself. And now I'm in there helping the cooks cook myself. No, Yeah, and I'm like, bro, I didn't sign up for this. Like, yeah. it's a great idea. It's doing what it's supposed to do, but this is a lot of work. I'm going to the restaurant depot, buying, um, running out of this. Sour cream might about to be, about to mm-hmm. expire. And I got the health department coming tomorrow, and I got to have everything in it. The- in there with no expiration dates, all good expiration dates. Um, I got to make sure the meats are frozen, the fish is frozen, it's in the freezer. This part, like, it was a lot to deal with. And I'm doing it dolo with a few employees. So building it up, building it up, it's getting better. But then the pandemic hit back again. We had the second rise the in second COVID. second year, yeah. And Jeez. I was in the UCLA Health Building. Mm-hmm. And they came down and were like, got to shut down the food in here. Why? Well, one thing was for sure. Um, I didn't feel it. I felt a certain way about getting a vaccine. And a lot of my employees didn't want to get it. So being that we weren't vaccinated, they like, y'all got to get out this building. Get out. So, But
5: what an amazing. Okay. I just have to highlight this pivot because. Uh, my favorite person to interview on this show is entrepreneurs believe it or not it's like if i have to choose between celebrities influencers entrepreneurs i'm all i'm all about entrepreneurs but your pivot game being hand like taking over this business but figuring out a way to create more business and market it was simply outstandingly genius <laughs> like i'm gonna take that and make it into a clip and send it to like you know, hopefully, restaurants. Everybody <laughs> takes game because that is the most genius, innovative thing I've ever heard. Thank and you. even when you pay attention to the way uh, you did it, I gotta highlight this: you chose different types of food. You chose yeah. wings. You chose veggies. Like you covered all the basics of. And is did you actually think about that? Like yeah, covering all the mm-hmm. that is because not everybody eats to, seafood. Not well,
3: everybody eats veggie food. Not but, everybody were you eats not Polish impressed dogs. With
5: your own.
3: Oh, this is my mind works like this. But were you
5: not sitting there like, I would have been calling my, my thing is like, guess like... how much of a G I am. Look what I did. Like <laughs> You don't do that. No, nah, nah. I do that. If I have a simple hack and I feel like I like somehow cracked the code on geniusness, I would be texting all my friends like, yo, you'll never guess what I was able to accomplish. And you didn't do that. That's amazing. Mm, I'm you. the opposite. I would have been <laughs> fucking billboard of the year. I'd be Right in no, my mouth. More but so, that's...
3: My circle's real small, and then it's like, if my boys hit me and it's like, "Yo, man, what what you doing with this? This is super dope. Can I get in?" I'm always, yeah, come on.
5: Wow, let's do but it. But that was that was probably the most dopest pivot game I've ever seen. <laughs> And it was during the pandemic. You Indeed. really had to think out of the box. Some people will quit, believe it or not. A lot right. of people will quit under that type of pressure. And a lot of people wouldn't be running around, you know, trying to find the sour cream or whatever. So kudos to you. You're like an <laughs> extreme entrepreneur. Right. So exciting. I did not know that about you. So I'm really more hyped right now. Appreciate but you. that's cool. All right. So take. So keep going with your story.
3: Um, <laughs> <laughs> um Man. There's so many things. Uh, after that, I had a home that I bought in um, in Porter Ranch. And I leased it out um, because I was running everything like with the restaurants. We ended up closing that down. And at that time, I have my home. I'm helping my mom's with her home. and. Um, now I have to figure out ways to scale down, trim back. Mm -hmm. So I leased out my house, um, got something a little smaller, and I was in a space of trying to figure out what was next. So I, uh, like I said, during the pandemic, besides the restaurant and music and film I was also learning to produce Mm -hmm. so I wanted to figure out a way to produce a show but one that made sense and I wanted to do something that involved my son because now my son is older and he's controlling my life (laughs) so
5: what do you mean scare me tell me what does that mean so
3: every day of course there's school Mm -hmm. but then after school, there's basketball practice. After practice or before basketball practice, there's basketball training. After training, there's practice. Then we're back home. Then we're homework and study. Then I'm dinner cooking dinner. Mm-hmm. Then I'm
5: and you're doing you're up, like a up. single dad, One hundred percent. Well, well, right, right. me and his
3: mom are joint okay, joint okay. custody. So, um, mostly every other week, you know, okay. he's with me. But um, I'm the dad, and he's in puberty stage, so. Yeah. He's with me now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you can go. Mom wants to see you. You want to see mom? Hang out. Go. Y'all do y'all thing. You know what I'm saying? I'm never going to not let you see your mother. You know what I'm saying? You always see your mom. But in these crucial stages, you need to be with me. Yeah. You know? So every day um, from the type of school he goes to a prep school, Mm -hmm. I drop him off at the gym in the morning. They train for three hours. Then they get bused to school in a sprinter van. And they have lunch. Then they do school for three hours, no homework. After that, we're training. After training, he has practice two times a week. After that, it's games on the weekend, tournaments. Okay. Far out. He's
5: definitely controlling. You. Your life is him.
3: Him, one hundred percent. Now,
5: just to backtrack a little bit, I know we talked about your mom. Um, you are very much, even when you watch Love and Happy Help, you see you're a very vested. Dad, is mm. there? What is your relationship with your dad? Is there a reason why you're I'm not saying all men aren't vested, but I'm just no, saying sure. it's definitely noticeable. Um,
3: well, I didn't meet my father till I was 13. Okay. So I always had this thing where I had a, a vision of what a father looked like
9: mm-hmm.
3: and what I wanted my father to be like. And I made a promise to myself, you know, if I ever have a kid or something, he's never going to experience what I experienced growing up and wanting and trying to imagine what it's like to have a father in his life okay so when he got here i just that was already okay. set in stone like um this is my son you yeah. know regardless like i'm gonna be there okay. no matter what i'll go broke <laughs> i'll <laughs> eat while broke as long as i'm in his life you All know right. what i'm saying so um trying to figure it out what's next And like I said, everything is basketball. I'm in the gym with him 24-7. So I'm noticing one night, I'm I'm telling him, yo, turn the TV off, go to bed. So I walk in his room, he was sleep, and I go to turn the TV off, and it was this YouTube show he watches. And all these shows he watches on YouTube are based on basketball from, a channel called Overtime Elite to Ball is Life to Switch Cultures. Just everything you can think of basketball related, he's watching. But this particular night, he has on um, a show on Overtime called Fear Nothing. It's a show based on Mikey Williams' journey um, from high school basketball to wherever he's going. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, he, watches this, he watches this show a whole lot at this time. And I looked at it, and I had this thing just hit my brain, and I said, "That's it." i sorry." Mm-hmm. I said, "That's it. That's what I need that's what I need to produce. a show based on youth, high school basketball that doesn't just highlight one player, but highlights all of the kids and gives it like a sports center fittingly mm-hmm. to where they could watch this and feel like I might be on here tonight. Yeah." Cause they don't have that mm-hmm. so i created this show called youth god game
5: youth god game and they can get it on youtuber yeah
3: okay so um our first episodes will be coming out in the next month or so okay but um just got into that and started networking got the right people on the team and now we'll be hosting like all the top nike tournaments
6: wow um
3: uh, the so it's like May Hoops camps mm-hmm. will be hosting those. Um, Is your son really like proud
5: and excited about what you were able to do? Just it's kind of like he inspired this,
3: right? So, so does he
5: say it or does he talk about it or how? Nah, does, not really. Okay.
3: He's just focused on playing the game. He <laughs> want to see himself on the show. Okay, okay, he knows that with me, he gonna have to work really hard and do what he's supposed to do. It's not gonna just be oh you're in my son. I'm putting you on. Okay,
5: okay. So
3: it's more of a challenge now. It's, I put him up to the challenge she accepted it, you know? Okay. So, we got to put in the work. Okay. I um, like that. But um yeah, so put together uh that show. We got a couple big things coming up for us. We're doing a camp in um uh, Charlotte okay. um with this company Cyber Athletics.
5: You're doing a basketball client, camp?
3: Camp, yeah. Okay, cool. We'll be hosting it our podcast. Okay. Um
5: Wait, the show is a podcast and a, so a. I guess I'm kind of visioning like reality slash.
3: It's a live podcast. podcast. It's a
5: live podcast. Yeah. Okay, got it.
3: Um, and we have guests on the show. Mm-hmm. You know, from younger athletes mm-hmm. to coaches to mm-hmm. referees to professional past and future NBA players. I love it. Yeah,
5: that's pretty awesome.
3: Mm-hmm. So that's what that's what I've been on now. Okay. And um, in the process of that, I actually took on a team i created a a travel team for my son Mm -hmm. because we were doing all these games and we were with a couple programs that i felt like could be doing more and not necessarily be much as much of a money grab um so i ended up starting my own team Mm -hmm. (laughs) and got um all my son's friends who i know could really hoop
5: Mm -hmm.
3: and One of my friends who coaches high school basketball and put them all together. We started a team, East-West Prospects, and um, we went this summer and smashed through all the tournaments, won all of them that we joined, literally. And I had a bunch of 6th graders turning 7th graders who played against 8th and ninth graders, Mm -hmm. and we were winning everything. Wow. So that started happening. I started getting calls from, like, top program directors from – Uh, Compton Magic, a Why Not, uh, these are programs ran by, um, these are top programs that were put together that are sponsored by like Adidas and Nike and NBA players like Why Not is Russell Westbrook program. Um, Compton Magic is a staple in LA, it's been around since I was a kid, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And they have players who've come from their programs to play professional basketball who are in the NBA today. So all these programs are calling me now, trying to combine.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: and um, one To get of my,
5: behind East West. Yeah. Wow.
3: So one of my friends um, that I knew since I was like 17, 18, he's uh cousin's with Paul George, mm-hmm. and he runs the program for Paul George League. And we had talked, and we was like, yo, man... Um, I want you to bring your boy, like, how much it going to cost me to get your boy back over here talking about my son. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, let's, you know, let's have a conversation. Let's talk and see what we can come up with. And basically, he gave me the keys to run the seventh grade program at Paul George League. So now we're sponsored by Nike. We're playing on all the top platforms.
5: So, but does your son leave your East West team to?
3: So East West is now. Paul George. Oh, Elite.
5: okay. So now it's, it's official. So you guys have been accepted as an official under yeah, that umbrella. Yep. Okay. So Son is still on the team. Damn! I want to watch these games. <laughs> he got me hyped.
3: So, um, yep, yeah, we did that, and you know, constantly filming on them as mm-hmm. well, highlighting now.
5: And then, th- is it hard to get all those parental clearances, or is it like everyone you you built such a good rapport with everybody that everyone just their- signs and releases? So Clearances I, for what Oh, I thought you're you highlight the kids on the show.
3: I will if they're doing their thing, oh, okay, you know what okay. I'm saying? But that anybody can be highlighted. Okay. It doesn't have, I don't need parental Oh,
5: I didn't I don't know. Uh, I was just asking. to
3: highlight somebody's kid that's doing what they should be doing on the court, yeah. you know? That's just giving them more exposure. Yeah. Um and we're not charging, you know, for that. Like this is a hey, if I think you're hot, you doing what you need to do, you look good on the court and you eating. Yeah let's highlight you you yeah. know what i mean like a lot of kids put in a lot of work in basketball that we don't see mm-hmm. you know from the kid that doesn't have the travel team that plays at the park and he's there every single day and might be there by himself and and he just played one game in a recreation league and might put up 50 points and you'll never hear about it but now you're watching you've got game and you'll see it wow you know, like yeah. we're we're diving in deep from everywhere across the from across every the angle. Globe. Wow. Yeah.
5: Okay. Okay. So you're even getting the ones that like can't afford to be in the clinics. One hundred percent. I love that. Mm-hmm. And then I I know you're thinking about opening your own clinic down the road, right?
3: As far as like camps, for, yeah, camps. Yeah, we'll probably do something for sure. Yeah, I
5: definitely see that mm-hmm. in your future. It'll happen. It's definitely gonna happen. <laughs> So what's the next milestones for you after that? Because I think we're current, right? You brought me current.
3: So now that's where we are. Um, And um, some more exciting things, um, putting together a podcast along with Boog and Raz. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where are you
5: guys? You guys should come here and take. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah.
5: I'll take yeah, care of yeah, y'all. Yeah,
3: yeah, I'll let you. I'll let you see when we. When we.
5: Mm-hmm. When
3: we drop the, the teaser on. Okay. You know, oh, you guys already about. started
5: recording it and everything? We
3: we'll let you see it. You what? Know, it's out, it's I'm gonna out, call Raz. Just. just, just you like see. you don't
5: tell me enough.
3: <laughs>
5: he call I think Raz calls me almost once a day now. I'm not even gonna lie. It's probably five times a day. And I not talk me.
3: to I talk to him and book every single day. You know and and. They've been on their journeys as well. Mm-hmm. Right as is super smart networking and tied into a lot of different things mm-hmm. um, that bring so much value to what we're doing. And he's Bug. also
5: done the, uh, I feel like he's also been teaching me a little. I mean, I'm not good at it, but he also worked on his mental health and he'll be like dropping like, yeah. like smart gems. I For mean, sure. I'll be like. I wish I was like that. He'd be like, "You can be like that." Be like, oh, I'm not there yet, but you know. But, but yeah, he's worked on his mental health too, which I think a lot of people don't talk about working on that. No, in addition for sure. to everything, that's,
3: that's really big of him, man. I salute him for that for sure. Um, mm-hmm. He's doing really good, and you know, and Boog is still working in films, mm-hmm. doing films. So us all coming together and creating what we put together is pretty dope.
5: So it's like B2K coming back. Or should we be anticipating? Because you know, you're, you're, we you're talking a things.
3: lot. We're going to see some things okay. coming, you know? Okay.
5: Okay. Well, I, I'm pretty sure your fan base is still rock solid and loyal. And uh, they're going to be anticipating the days to, <laughs> to see the reunion.
3: For sure. For sure. You
5: know? <clears> throat> Bless throat> throat> you. Bless you. Mm. Now... <clears throat> How can everybody keep up with you? We could talk directly to this camera. Okay. How can everybody keep up with everything you have going on, and then break down the the youth, youth got game, youth got game, everything <laughs> individually.
3: No, for sure. Um, Well, first and foremost, you can you know check out my Instagram, Air Fizzo. Um, same with the threads, Air Fizzo.
5: It's A I R Fizzo. Yeah, F I Z Z O.
3: Okay. Hmm. Um. Check out my movie, coming to AMC Theaters, November 22nd, Run Nixon. Um, Really excited about that. I think y'all are really going to enjoy that. And what's <laughs>
5: Run Nixon about?
3: Um, I'm a single father. Fi- well, no, I'm sorry. I'm a father of a 10-year-old boy who has a heart condition. Um, His mother's a stripper. And one day, she drops him off to his game. I get there. He plays basketball. I get there. And he has a heart attack on the court. He's suffering from, I forget what the heart disease is called, but basically he needs a heart transplant immediately or he won't survive. And our insurance doesn't cover it. So his mother takes matters into her own hands and robs a drug dealer from the strip club she works at. Oh, wow. He gets home. He puts... Clues together, figures out who did it and why, and he kidnaps our son, and I have to figure out how to get him back.
5: Oh, this sounds crazy intense. Yeah, we gotta see yeah. this movie in theater. <laughs> it's gonna right. be lit. And then what else can we uh look forward to?
3: And then um look forward to seeing, you know, me, my boy CJ. Y'all can follow him on Instagram, coach CJ underscore 23. Um We'll be highlighting all these kids, man. Youth got game. Check out youthgotgame.com dot com, mm-hmm. um, youth got game Instagram page. Um, yeah, it's it's gonna be crazy, man. You might be the next kid on youth got game. You never know.
5: I love that so you're supporting balling. the youth. Yes, man. All right, guys. Well, thank you for feeding me. I can finally finish this bag of Fritos <laughs> uh, without chewing in your ears. Yes, yes. Peace. For more Eating While Broke from iHeartRadio and The Black Effect, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
9: Are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains? Have you ever wished that you had a whiter and brighter smile? Smile Actives is a safe and affordable alternative to expensive whitening procedures. You simply add Smile Actives gel to your toothpaste every time you brush your teeth, making it the easiest teeth whitening solution out there. In a clinical trial, SmileActives users reported up to five shades whiter on average, all within seven days. No change to your routine, no extra time. Right now, they are running a buy one, get one offer. Hurry to SmileActives.com iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling.
7: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger.